With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Before we get going today, a few housekeeping items. First of all, the virtual clinic season is upon us. We've had some great ones so far with the Illinois State High School Coaches Association, New York, Alabama, Kansas, of course, Lawrence first and goal. And this week we have two more great ones coming to you, tremendous lineups that have been put together. The first starting February 11th, 6.15 p.m., the Pennsylvania Scholastic Football Coaches Association Clinic. You can find that at P.S fca.coachesclinic.com. That lineup is headlined by James Franklin from Penn State, Rod Carey from Temple, Jamie Chadwell, Coastal Carolina. We have a pair of coaches from the Minnesota Vikings, Andrew Janoko and Christian Jones. Coordinators from the Pennsylvania FBS School, Jeff Knowles from Temple, Brent Pry, Penn State, Mike Rimovich, Temple, Mark Whipple, Pitt, Mike Yersich, new coordinator, at Penn State, position coaches from those schools, Archie Collins from Pitt, Gabe Infante from Temple, Joe Lord from Penn State, Ryan Manilak from Pitt, and then Joey Heklinski, running backs coach from Ball State, joining the mix there. Some great coaches from Villanova, Bloomsburg, California U, Cudstown, Bucknell, Edinburgh, and Westchester along with some great high school coaches as well. You're going to want to check that one out, 47 speakers. It's available for $70 for out-of-state or for anybody really who doesn't need the Pennsylvania Scholastic Football Coaches Association benefits. Please check that out again at psfca.coachesclinic.com. And we have the ever-famous Lone Star Clinic. If you haven't been somebody who's been able to travel to Texas, you haven't seen this one, but they always put together... A tremendous lineup, and here's the lineup. Pete Kwiatkowski, defensive coordinator from Texas. Phil Longo, North Carolina. Will Muschamp, Nick Cardwell from App State. Tim Cross, University of North Carolina. Jack Curtis, former D.C. at Tulane, now at Liberty. Tyler Grisham, Clemson. Josh Henson, Texas A&M, offensive line coach. Brandon Jones, co-OC, offensive line coach at Houston. Dan Lanning. University of Georgia, defensive coordinator. Andy Ludwig, offensive coordinator at Utah. Matt Powlich, assistant coach safety and special teams at Baylor. Mike Reed, assistant coach cornerbacks at Clemson. Everett Withers, former head coach at Texas State. Mick Yukaitis, wide receivers coach 
at Navy. These guys speak for an hour and a half. Within there, they have two topics, and then they have a separate Q&A session as well. So you get two hours out of each of these coaches. Again, a tremendous lineup and format. You're going to want to check that out at LoneStar.CoachesClinic.com. Both of those clinics will be linked in our show notes. Definitely something to attend this weekend live or in replay. On today's podcast, I share a series of articles that I've been putting together on coachingcoordinator.com slash blog. Check the show notes for a link. It's that time of the year when we evaluate what we did last season and what we have coming back for the next season and how we need to evolve in order to be successful in 2021. In order to help you move forward, I'll be sharing a series which we put the focus on each position on your team and help you match your personnel and philosophy to the schemes, concepts, even full systems, as well as the resources which help you learn more about those ideas and concepts. Today we're going to focus on the interior of the offensive line, the centers and guards. An ideal offensive lineman is physical, powerful, has explosive hips, has quickness in small space, has enough speed to run and reach defenders, as well as cover up second-level defenders. He can quickly change lateral direction and possesses vision to see movement coming from multiple angles and levels. He has enough quickness to be able to pull around to the second level or effectively kick out an edge. The lineman described fits well into any offense, and you can't make a poor decision on the schemes or systems you pick. Unfortunately, the truth is we may not have that ideal lineman. In fact, many of us won't. So let's break down each component, or lack thereof, and what works well as far as scheme. So the first aspect is the physical, powerful, and explosive hips. These traits are essential for interior plays, such as inside zone, base blocks on option-type plays, and down blocks on gap schemes. Many times these players are thicker and potentially stouter than the ideal lineman, but he can execute effectively within those schemes. It's always good to build on the strength of your line from the inside out. Getting movement and denting the middle of the defense is a sure way to get the downhill running game going. I'm going to make a note that within this type of lineman, we left out the physical traits of speed to run and reach defenders and cover up second-level defenders, quickly change lateral direction, and speed to be able to pull around to the second level or effectively kick out an edge. And that's not to say that your lineman can't do some of those things that the missing traits allow an offense to do, but right now we're going to look at the foundation and building the base. And as we proceed, we'll cover the other traits. So if your linemen fit this description, they're the physical, powerful, explosive hip guys, again, maybe a little bit more stouter than long and athletic, but some schemes that are worth thinking about. And we'll cover the reasons why behind this inside zone, base schemes that put them one-on-one. Again, many times those show up in an off option offense. Down blocks, which are a part of gap schemes, and the inside trap. So let's start with the inside zone. It's one of the most versatile schemes in football. It's become a popular part of every RPO offense. But that being said, uh, while there's similarities within there, many coaches do run those differently and have different purposes for the different types of zones plays. And doing my own research on the play nearly 15 years ago, I found many differences. But learning the variations in how the scheme is coached led us to something we felt great about, especially for our personnel. And we took that knowledge and put together a system of, of our zone running game, 
which worked well with the guys that we had that particular year. I do want to make a note that I have done a series before on putting together player profiles. So if you know what you want and need in your offense, being able to recruit to that or develop to that is important. But again, year to year, you're going to have to make some decisions on the schemes that you're using based on personnel. And so we continue with that. And let's think about the inside zone running game. <clears throat> There's variations where you get the combos or guys run tracks. Uh, some of these, you know, attack a certain technique. Uh, the inside zone, for example, the tight zone can attack that A-gap player. Maybe you want to run it to a shade with some of those downhill guys, as opposed to some teams who like to run it to the three technique who maybe are looking more for distortion. And that's maybe where you get into this scheme a little bit more with those more athletic guys who can move and distort a defense. And it fits together, I think, in different ways with the other schemes that you use. Of course, we're starting this series with the offensive line, but we're going to build in other counterparts to this, other positions to this that are going to make a difference in the decisions in how we run our certain plays and where we go with our offense. Another play that fits well into this would be the wham play. It's a six-man box run scheme, and it can be utilized in various different personnel groupings. Uh, more of a curveball play, not necessarily a base concept, something maybe that you'll run three to five times a game. And it marries extremely well with the inside zone, particularly the split zone scheme. We'll get into split zone a little bit more as we talk about some of the different positions on the offensive line. Uh, its origin has its uh, beginnings with Alex Gibbs, Dan Henning, and the Washington Redskins. This play allows you to target and neutralize the best interior threat. So if you're running a lot of split zone, but you have that guy maybe who is taking advantage maybe of a smaller guy you have inside, a more athletic guy, but this is a play you want to run, this would be a good changeup for it to allow you to uh, target and neutralize that best interior threat. And you can use it really to attack both a backside interior lineman and a frontside interior lineman. A great resource for that it was put together by Cody Kennedy. Uh, at the time he was at Tulane, he made a quick move this year to uh, Arkansas after being at S Southern Miss as the offensive line coach, now the tight ends coach for Arkansas. Highly recommend checking that out. That is in the article that we put together, again, at coachingcoordinator.com slash blogs. Gap schemes are another option for physical, powerful interior linemen, and they can be utilized with the inside zone. In fact, many coaches have gone to teaching the combinations on zone and gap schemes the same way, so there's efficiency in practice. We just had Alan Rudolph from Ohio talking about that in yesterday's podcast. Other coaches prefer the angles afforded by the gap schemes, but either way, the gap schemes are a good way to run the ball inside behind your strong interior line. The ability of the polar will come into play, and some teams rely on counter a little bit more because the bigger physical lineman kicking out and end and allowing a more athletic H-back or fullback to be the second polar could be what uh, the personnel of the offense dictates. Uh, a great resource on this was put together by Bart Miller uh, while he was at Wyoming. He's now the offensive line coach at Illinois. We talked about running their Wyoming zone and power. And in particular, he focused on the A-gap power, which I think is a, a great tool to utilize, if, again, if you have those big physical type of offensive linemen. While we're continuing to look at those schemes, 
remember that we're going to put together the parts individually and then look at everything together as far as how your personnel fits, as well as taking a look at your philosophy and determining uh, the package of plays that best fits. Because a lot of this then goes to, here's our personnel, here's what we really believe in. And that may vary from coach to coach. There may be a comfort level more in running the ball and using play action as compared to a team that utilizes RPO. Or it could be a mix of all of those things. When we think about gap schemes, we definitely need pullers. And we had a, a podcast we did with Dub Maddox, who now is at Jenks High School, and we were talking about really putting some values to how quick a player can move. And that uh, it takes about 2.6 seconds for a guy to get around and time up that pull properly. And, you know, if you have some guys who maybe don't move as well laterally, maybe can't get around on a play, you have to look at how you might tweak those schemes. Uh, your guy might be much better at pulling and kicking out than he is pulling around and kicking out a second-level guy on power at the linebacker position. Uh, another option, if you're looking at those gap schemes without pullers, is the duo play. So maybe you love the angles. Maybe you love the combinations that you can get. And duo, while a lot of times it is mistaken for inside zone, fits into the gap scheme family. It allows you to run a gap scheme without the pullers. And again, it could be that consideration with your personnel. Uh, is very well explained uh, in a couple of resources. One from Paul Alexander, a former NFL line coach, who's going to be at the Cool Clinic. I'll mention that coming up here at the end of the show. And again, another one from Cody Kennedy that he did at Lawrence First and Goal. Finally, one that's kind of fallen out of favor, used to be a big-time play in every offense, is the trap play. Uh, the trap play is something I think it hits quick. It's one where the pull is short, so having somebody maybe who's more athletic to get around like on a pin and pull isn't necessary. But you have those three big hogs inside, and you're really looking to get that ball downhill if you have something where you can run a trap quickly. And I think this can be done from under center, from gun, from pistol, and even with your quarterback. I think this is a good option as well. And again, it's one that you don't see as much anymore, but I think uh, it's something to consider and utilize within your offense. So we focused on some of those skills for those bigger, more powerful guys who can use their hips. Maybe they're a little bit stout, not as long, maybe not as athletic as we'd like to see. We set aside some of those other traits. Now we'll take a look at those. So what if you do have interior players who are more athletic, but maybe potentially undersized? They have more of the type of skill set where they have the speed to run and reach defenders, cover up second-level defenders, quickly change lateral direction. They have the speed to be able to pull around to the second level and effectively kick out an edge. The type of scheme that fit these linemen best in their athleticism allow an offense to distort a front and force a defense to fit gaps that move with the distortion. So first and foremost, when I think of those distortion play type plays for athletic offensive linemen, I immediately go to the stretch or the outside zone or wide zone. That family of runs, that really becomes a viable option. Even with smaller athletic linemen, it can be a scheme that fits your offense with more firepower. And if you take a look at the, the 98 and 99 Denver Broncos under Mike Shanahan, they rode that scheme to two Super Bowl championships with that small athletic line. I know that was something I looked at back in 2003 when we were doing this exact kind of breakdown and figuring out what that 
fit best with our offense, we determined that we had some really athletic guys, maybe not guys who could go downhill, especially against the type of, of players we saw against us in our conference, but guys who could really be athletic and run on the edge. And so the stretch play became a big part of our offense, and we did well at it. We actually averaged, I think, 10.7 yards over those first two years of running it. And I think the, the third year with a sophomore tailback, we were still pretty close to that 10 uh, yards per carry mark. I know that's that sounds like a ridiculous number, but that's where we started our offense, and everything then built off of that. We're going to get into some of those ideas as we go through the different positions and how all this starts to fit together. And you look at that play, 22 years later, his son rode that to a Super Bowl as well, wide zone being their main run, and it's one that you see with a lot of teams who made the playoffs in the NFL, the Browns, the Titans, and the Packers, to name a few. The success of the play has proliferated use in college and high school as well, and it's a tried-and-true scheme and a game-changer. And here's some of the reasons why. Number one, it's a flexible scheme that can be used in a multitude of formations and personnel groups. When you look at this, it's packaging it with the RPO. Again, it really stretches that defense because of the timing of the play and what you can do with Riding that mesh along, really moving those linebackers, it gives you some huge opportunities in the RPO game. It definitely creates the best play action opportunities. Again, in order to fit those gaps that are moving across the front, people have to move on the defensive side of the ball, and that's where some big shots come open on play action. And it stresses the defense across the front on the second and third levels in order for them to fit properly if they don't, the, the defense really does get gashed. So while the scheme is simple enough on a diagram, I think the devil is in the details and understanding the different variations of the play. Are you running stretch? Is it wide zone? Uh, what some people call outside zone. And they have different variations based on the aim point. For example, when we used our stretch play that I mentioned, we were aiming three yards outside the tight end by one yard deep. We are on that track and everything was going to move accordingly. We really wanted to reach the outside there and get the edge. If we didn't, then the play was going to really hit up inside on a, a, a vertical seam in the defense, right? So some other teams like to run that to the inside foot of the tight end or the crack of the tight end. And again, where you run it, I think, is important, and how it fits into your scheme is something to consider, again, as we go through this series. A few great resources on that. Uh, another one from Paul Alexander, which I link in the show notes or in the blog at, at coachingcoordinator.com slash blogs. Uh, we have Jim McNally, uh, a video there of him explaining the wide zone play. And then Jason Hotelling, who was the head coach at Wagner. He moved to Colgate as the offensive line coach and just made a jump now to the NFL. And he's really good at it. He's learned it from uh, some of the guys who are associated with uh, the San Francisco 49er, Green Bay, and uh, L.A. Rams uh, group there. Uh, but he talks about it as well. So definitely something to check out there. Other resources we put in there as well with some um, really good high school coaches, Matt Duffy, Jeff Fox, uh, Juan Johnson, who's at Hewitt Trustville in Alabama, Jason McManus. Uh, again, all videos that you can watch within here. Um, Moving on then, looking at this and closely related is the pin and pull. And if you go back to some of those wide zone teams, Alex Gibbs, uh, et cetera, they put in what they called truck, which was a pin and pull scheme. So if they were getting uh, the guy inside of the end man on the line of scrimmage, they would block down with him and pull their guys to get to the edge. And primarily they like to use it as 
more of a short yardage type of play where they would have some man coverage. They would, you know, run their guys off or run uh, their guys inside to crack in order to set a wall and, and really get their linemen out in front of the play. And certainly that's evolved into something that's become a big part of offense with the pin and pull. And it does provide a great D-gap attack. It's a simple way to get the ball to the perimeter. And again, as you start to package plays, you'll figure out how these foot fit together. There has to be a reason why you package these plays together. Why are you going to that certain part of your attack? Why do you need to go to the D-gap? I know when we were a, a big pin and pull team, uh, we weren't necessarily a stretch team on that particular year. We got to the pin and pull because it was something that helped out our, our power game. We would get teams that would like to move that inside of our tight end uh, to stop the power, and he'd have to reach him. And so in order to give him an easier block, we would go to pin and pull. So if we got a seven technique and we felt we were having some trouble with that guy, immediately our thought would be to go to pin and pull, widen them out a little bit, or at least slow him down from uh, trying to uh, be reached inside because that was our tight end's assignment. And that's how it would fit together there. So pin and pull, again, is another great one. I, uh, I have a, a link to uh, a video from Mike Cummings from uh, Western Michigan as well as some ideas on how you can use that with RPO. Uh, it's something as well. When you think of pin and pull, buck sweep, a lot of people think of those the same way. To me, the distinction really comes in that buck sweep is designed always to pull the guards. And pin and pull, you know, the center can pull in that one as well. Uh, there's different reasons, again, on how those fit together. But I did include some video of some, some buck sweep in there as well. So while these two schemes that have been highlighted so far are designed to attack the C-gap on out, it doesn't mean that the inside runs are not viable options for those athletic type of interior linemen. The key for utilizing these type of linemen is to understand how to harness their athleticism to distort the defense. For example, the one-back power may be a very viable scheme for an athletic interior because of the ability for the puller to get around and kick out the second-level defender, while the angles and the combinations work in favor of those athletic interior linemen working together to get a little bit more behind their push. The inside zone can work off the outside zone, which distorts the defense by creating that threat of being reached on every play. Again, looking maybe at running that to a three technique where that initial step of that offensive lineman feels like he's going to be reached again. He's going to fight to not get reached, and now it allows you to open up that inside seam for the running back. When we look at those, it's how those are packaged together. You want to create that appearance of plays that look alike. A big principle of Homer Smith, he had a whole manual on look-alike plays, that he talked about putting plays together that are packaged and fit in a certain way, that attack the defense in a certain way, and more than anything, give the appearance that the same play, or at least the starting point play, is being run on every single play. Some plays that are a variation of the basic scheme may also work well with an athletic interior lineman. Uh, I put a video in there where I explained how power read uh, may diagram up the same way as that downhill power, but the dynamics of the play affect the defense differently and thus make an athletic lineman a better fit because of the horizontal demeanor of the defense. Again, make it be about distortion for those guys rather than trying to dent the defense vertically. Uh, it gives you the ability on that power read to hit inside and outside on every single play, and that's where it starts to fit for your athletic lineman. And I put in several videos, uh, including one I put together myself, 
Uh, we have one from Tennessee Tech head coach Dwayne Alexander and uh, a couple others that we took take a look at those things. So as you begin to see some of the schemes that best lend themselves to being used with a certain type of lineman and personnel, it's how you need to think about this, right? Of course, we don't have that personnel that's going to be all the same across the ball. So I'm going to start to talk about how all these fit together. We'll go through the tackles, and I'll give a summary at the end of that one as well as how we start to put these five guys together and how they might fit into a certain scheme. Uh, when it comes to pass protection, that stout interior lineman may seem best for maintaining the integrity of the pocket at the line of scrimmage, but you can use an athletic lineman certainly to an advantage as well. And as we continue through, uh, I'm sure you're going to find that your mix of personnel doesn't necessarily fit any particular system as a whole, but we'll work through the process of fitting your personnel to formations and schemes that will maximize the skills of your offensive unit. Next up, we'll look at offensive tackles in the next installment of the series. Speaking of offensive linemen, I want to mention we just announced this week the Cool Clinic. Uh, something we're putting together with Bob Wiley. Again, it's one of those clinics that regionally has been very successful. And if you haven't traveled to Cincinnati, Ohio, you probably didn't see this. You might have had some of those DVDs or saw some of the videos from it. But our lineup includes Jeff Quinn from Notre Dame. Herb Hand was at Texas, now is at UNC Charlotte. Alex Mirabal from Oregon. Greg Studara from the Ohio State University. Pro coaches, we have Adam Stenovich from the Green Bay Packers. Keith Carter from the Tennessee Titans. Dante Skarnecchia from the New England Patriots. We got Joe Gilbert from the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Joe Thomas, future Hall of Famer, is going to speak about some of the things he did as an offensive lineman, which weren't quite cookie cutter and didn't fit everything, starting with the way that he would use his stance. Pro Football Focus will be a sponsor and hosting a session as well. And then, of course, we have Jim McNally, Paul Alexander and Bob Wiley. It's going to be one you want to check out May 14th and 15th uh, live, the ability to do the Q&A. Typically, you're going to see the college guys speaking for an hour, the pro guys speaking for an hour and a half, a lot of interaction, Q&A. Again, working with Coach Wiley to put together an outstanding virtual format of the Cool Clinic. There's a lot going on right now with CoachingCoordinator.com, uh, working together in conjunction with CoachesClinic.com and CoachTube putting together a ton of great resources for your off-season study. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski to keep up with all of that. And check out our show notes and blogs at coachandcoordinator.com. 